This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Preston North End nil, Liverpool 2. Divock conjures up some Carabao magic to send the Reds into the last eight. Guy Clark here, welcome to the post-game podcast. After Liverpool progress past PNE into the latter stages with an added boost coming as Man City crashed out on penalties away at West Ham. Coming up, we'll hear from Jurgen Klopp's press conference as well as a number of our Reds regulars. As ever though, first up, the Liverpool Echoes Liverpool correspondent Paul Ghost. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. The last day of the Carabao Cup now awaits Jürgen Klopp's Liverpool after they beat Preston North End 2 0 here at the Bale this evening. Um, second half goals from Divock Origi and Takumi Minamino, the, um, the ones who did the damage to Norwich in the previous round. Well, they've come up trumps again for Liverpool to move them into the last eight, but um, whereas the third round was a comprehensive 3 0 win against the Canaries. This 2-0 win this evening was a lot more hard fought and uh, Preston could probably feel a little bit hard done by after carving out a couple of really good chances in the first half and Liverpool uh, really struggled to create anything of note until uh, Minamino's opener and uh, Origi with uh, a Scorpion-style finish in the last five minutes to finish off uh, Preston's resolve. Um, much change seen from Jürgen Klopp, as expected. 11 changes in total, uh, including a debut for Tyler Morton and um, perhaps uh, most unexpectedly, uh, 18-year-old Harvey Blair in Liverpool's front three, he was alongside Minamino and Origi. Um, tough night for the youngster, he, uh, he tried to get involved and um, had an early chance uh, after spinning one of the defenders just to my, my left ear. But uh, as the game wore on, he uh, grew increasingly on the fringes, but his, his time will come uh, with short as he uh, continues his football journey. It was the senior players who didn't really take responsibility um, in the first half, in particular Oxlade-Chamberlain and Curtis Jones, not really doing too much and Divock Origi was static for much of the game and um, Klopp said after the game that it wasn't really a, a match for strikers but uh, he ended up coming up trumps as he as he so often does with a scorpion style finish as I say but um, this was a tough night for him and tough night for most of Liverpool as we said uh, Tyler Morton aside there wasn't too many who covered themselves in glory but Liverpool won't concern themselves with that too much they just move into the last eight and uh, could um, we shall see who they now face with the draw on Saturday morning on uh, Sky Sports at Soccer AM uh, Manchester City are out, uh, their four-year run as holders of this competition comes to an end after they were beaten on penalties by West Ham United. So Liverpool, one of uh, seven teams in the last eight who were from the Premier League with Sunderland in there as well. So uh, yeah, and Klopp will fancy his chances against anyone, but uh, don't expect them to be playing the likes of Mohamed Salah and Roberto Firmino in that one. He's more than likely going to carry on with the fringe players who've got him this far and we shall see how they get out in the last eight. It's finished here at Deepdale, uh, Preston North End, nil, Liverpool Paul Gorse delivering his verdict from Deepdale as the Reds made it into the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup, seeing off championship side Preston North End. Another Carabao strike for Divock Origi, adding stylishly to Takumi Minamino's opener. Back over, though, to a windy Deepdale. We head now on postgame to hear from Jurgen Klopp speaking with the media after the game. Jurgen, you must be pleased with that. You know, you gave some young guys a, a run out and in the end win comfortably although it was a tough game wasn't it yeah we did play well so that's how it is we didn't we, we started quite okay um, but then we lost the structure completely and uh, that's the problem so we were too too lively too desperate to get the ball everybody dropped nobody we, we didn't have enough players between the lines we didn't have always in behind the lines so but that's normal that can absolutely happen when you don't play a lot together which these boys they train a lot together but now don't play that much and um, so that all absolutely can happen 
but that makes the game difficult. And then especially if this question was obviously not too bothered about any kind of possession, I would just kick the ball far and long and then you fight for these balls and all of a sudden they get set pieces, the atmosphere comes, we lose the momentum, they get the momentum. Football games um, are like this. Um, but I saw a lot of nice individual performances. That's how it is. As a team, we can play much better, but individually, we, I saw a few really nice performances, and that's absolutely okay. And it's all about getting through to the next round. That's what we did, and that it's difficult with 11 changes. That was clear. Is that uh, with Tyler Morton be one of the ones that yeah. stood out for it? Yeah, yeah. Tyler is obviously a real talent, a real smart footballer. You can see that his, his natural movements, natural position is really good. So he's a really football smart boy and, um, and, and the technique is really good. And now we have to make sure that we <laughs> that we help him with getting a body for, for adult football, that he's not too small and not too skinny, but there's still a little bit to come and um, make him ready for all that, but very positive impact again tonight. Yeah, how do you rate Tackham in the main performance tonight? Because he seems to be someone who's becoming a bit of a main man for you in this competition. Yeah, yeah, Taki is because he's high quality. The, the, the problem, Taki's problem is actually there is no problem apart from um, that the, the, the other players on his positions are really good and, and, and thank God for us um, not injured. So that's it. But Taki is absolutely in line and Taki, Taki is in an outstanding moment. Training wise, much better than he showed tonight. And anyway, he was the, the most dangerous, let me say, like this player and, and scores a goal, and, uh, which is really important. He, he understands our game as well, really well. So we, you can throw him in, and he will, he will immediately um, be a, a, a massive part of, of our of our football. And tonight he was obviously. So yeah, he, Taki was good, um, but we all know can be much better. And Devok's goal is just Devok Origi. Yeah? It was obviously not a striker's game because we didn't play that well, and it's difficult for the strikers. But um, the goal he scored is quite special. It's perhaps a, a wider question, but you had a little bit of a scare tonight in terms of the first off. How long do you keep on playing or making 11, 11 changes in this competition? No idea. That depends really to the to the, to the situations, to, to, to the specific situations. So we, obviously, I don't think we could have lined up completely different tonight. So, of course, Bob, um, Bobby was here and, and, and Diogo was here. That was not really the plan to bring them. We wanted to get through this. And, so we have to see. I really don't make these decisions two weeks or three weeks before we play the next round. We will see. What impact do you think like the, the changes had Phillips on at half time and Bradley allowing you to push Williams forward? What impact did that have? Yeah, second. Well, we changed half time. Oh yeah, Nate played really well at that, but <laughs> to Albert, he's not he's not injured. It was just there. He wanted he wanted him to play for 45 minutes that he can keep the rhythm. You know, these, these kind of things and. Um, but it was like clear as well that Nate Phillips will come on because you just have to let him out um, because he's in incredible shape, he's training really well and we could, I think we could see that uh, he's a top class and a half meanwhile and that's really good to see. Um, yeah, Conor Bradley is a, a real talent as well, uh, big heart um, and really football smart and it gave then he could opportunity obviously to push up slightly higher and the Vahabi was really not easy in the first half uh, because we just didn't play well and then for a strike was really bad and in the first game and stuff like this with all the things that can happen but then you could see when Nico played a bit higher we had all of a sudden um, another target there and that helped That's two guys Pep said there yesterday that you just get a good chance to see the youngsters in action during the international breaks um, obviously another one coming up in the next couple of weeks so 
quite a few who are going to be looking to maybe stake a claim for the uh, for the quarterfinals. Yeah, look, Elijah, for example, did did exactly that in the last international break. He was incredible. So, um, so and that he's uh, been long in the club already, but it was not really on the radar. Now, you know, all of a sudden, he is there, and so he deserved this three four minutes tonight and for a young boy it's a massive it's a massive thing to, to, to play your first game for the first team and um, I'm really happy for him that they couldn't give him the opportunity so there's the, the, there's always a spot for, for these young boys all back obviously impressed a lot in the, in the, in the, in the free season like Connor did and so um, yeah it's, it's it's good to have them and they, the problem is international break some of them are as well on tour with the national team so then they cannot train with us but the others and that's good the post game podcast on the blood red channel Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 2-0 win at Preston North End watch this one in Carragher's Bar in New York City and uh, we all stuck around to watch the penalty shootout to see Man City get knocked out as well which of course is a double-edged sword nice to see them get kicked out but it gives them more rest doesn't it and their challenge for the Premier League title gets stronger as a result so not quite sure how to process that yet um, bit of an uninspired victory for Liverpool uh, you know good to see the youngsters get a run and um, Sepp Vandenberg looks a little bit bigger than I saw him last time which is understandable it's a growing lad still young but looks stronger and he needed to get stronger he's got the height but needed to get a bit of muscle and uh, seems to develop that and he's been playing out of position I understand for Preston North End this season which will all be good experience for him and uh, to come back to Liverpool I was thinking during this during this game while watching this game there was quite a lot of thinking time involved wasn't there because it wasn't the most inspiring game but we must now have the best central defensive uh, personnel in our squad that I've ever seen. I've been a, an active Liverpool fan since well, 1974 is the first game I remember to have our four central defenders plus uh, Nat Phillips and it was nice to see him. I mean that's fantastic to have five strong central defenders like that is uh, a big big bonus. I can't think of a club that has a, a better lineup uh, in their squad central defence than, than we have and um, it was good to see Nat Phillips because you know if we do anything in the Champions League this season and I'm quite confident that we will achieve great heights in that tournament this year you have to think back to what we did at the end of last season in the Premier League you have to think of Alisson's goal and the, the wonderful performances that Nat Phillips put in in the last um, couple of months or so in particular but yeah, those five central defenders that we have and Alison Becker at the back, it's a, such a strong backbone for us. And uh, Liverpool, I think, really primed to do big things this season. This 2-0 victory away from home does register as a, a sizeable drop-off, doesn't it, between our, our first team and our second stringers. And that's totally understandable. It's not because our second stringers aren't... Uh, you know, aren't a, a good set of lads. It's just that our elite 11 or let's say 14 or 15 are so, so good that nobody really comes anywhere close to them. Final word for Dimo Karigi. He scores some strange goals, doesn't he? In the right place at the right time. Also scores some critical goals 
Have they built that statue yet? I think they ought to. At Galasahi on Twitter. G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Preston nil, Liverpool 2. And the Reds put themselves through to the next round of the Carabao Cup. Um, got the job done. Got themselves in the hat for the next round, which is the most important thing. But going into the game, um, I thought first half, I thought Preston had the better chances. Um, arguably could have been 2-0 up at half-time. Um, just not the cutting-edge sort of strikers that you see in the Premier League. Um, that they were obviously lacking from a team of their level. But, you know, I thought first half, I think they give them give themselves um, a good account of themselves. Um, I was really impressed with um, Maguire up front for them. Um, Vandenberg, obviously, on loan there. Um, quite interesting that he was allowed to play. I don't know if that's something to do potentially with us um, signing Ben Davies from them in the January after the centre-back crisis. Maybe something along those lines. But I thought he I thought he played well, to be fair, considering he's not a right-back. Um, I thought he did, did, himself, um, did himself the justice he deserved. So, yeah, not too much to say on the first half. Uh, like I say, I think it was a bit of a ball fest, to be quite honest. But going into the second half, um, I think you've seen the better, the best side of Liverpool. Um, looking at the starting eleven that the Reds had, um, I was really impressed with Tyler Morton again. Um, he, he looks a top, top player. Um, distribution, um, his, his calmness on the ball, um, he, he's he's playing like an experienced player, um, and you know when he fills out and um, and grows a bit more, he's gonna be he's gonna be a great player for Liverpool. Um, Nico Williams obviously started a right back, but I think in the second half when he brings Connor Bradley on um, and he puts Nico Williams onto the right of the midfield, that actually suited him a lot more. It's starting to make me think: is he more of a right midfielder than he is a right back? Um, Looking at the goals, um, obviously Minamino puts us 1-0 up with the, the cross from Williams when he gets pushed into the right of the midfield. Um, that's going to do his confidence a world of good. Um, and the same with the other striker, Divock Origi. Um, obviously gets the second goal there with five minutes to spare. The most Divock Origi goal you'll ever see in your life. Back heeling it into the back of the net in the most Divock fashion you've ever seen. Um, so you know it, it was pretty much job done for the boys. Another thing I sort of picked up on that was quite interesting was Joe Gomez, captain again. Um, I think he was in the Norwich game previously, and I think that's something that Klopp's looked at that he wants to make sure that not only are the young lads going to get experience in the cup, but players like Gomez are going to get experience of being more of a leader and um, bringing out those leadership skills within his. Within, within himself that he probably needs to exploit a bit more. Um, so I think that was an interesting um, tactic from the manager. Um, Simicast, again, good to see him on the pitch. You can always rely on him. I think that's such a reassurance that we have a backup there that that's so good. Um, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Curtis Jones, they're always trying to make something happen um, in and around the box, pushing on from midfield. I really hope Curtis starts on Saturday. Um, obviously with the injury to Milner and Cater too I really hope Curtis starts in that game um, uh, we had the young lad Blair who to be quite honest I wasn't overly impressed with, you know he's only a young lad um, and you look at some of the young lads that we have got in 
and uh, Harvey Elliott um, and the likes of him coming through, you know, it, it, it's a lot to live up to. So, you know, he'll get his chance again. Um, I'm, I'm great to see Nat Phillips come on, um, the cult hero from last season, um, coming on, making an appearance, you know, showing that he's still the Nat Phillips that we all love and adore. And I suppose quite a nice little touch seeing Owen Beck come on. Um, I think the club have got really big prospects for him as well. So he comes on and makes his debut. But job done for the Reds. Um, getting through to the next round. Just seeing um, City have just been knocked out on penalties by West Ham. Um, so it is actually the Carabao Cup this year, not the Man City Cup, which is great to see. You know, the Reds of getting through in the next round of this cup is... It's vital for the young lads to keep getting experience. Um, but also, you know, this is a cup that they'll want to win. Um, we've not won a domestic cup for a long, long time now. And, you know, that can be quite an important thing for morale. Um, I suppose the only thing, other thing to touch on there is the travelling cop. Just reminding everybody that Ollie is at the wheel. Um, and, you know, the Reds are probably going to end up winning the league. Mike Holt from Going the Match podcast, following on from Steve Dawson out in New York here on post game. Well, Tyler Morton, one of the big talking points to come from the night showing up at Deepdale. Remember, the draw for the last eight is coming over the course of the weekend. Analyzing Anfield to come here on the Blood Red channel, as well as the Blood Red podcast ahead of the weekend's visit of Brighton to Anfield on Saturday. Before we go, though, final say goes to Mark Baker, who follows on from Ross. Not quite the excitement of Sunday evening, but Liverpool are in the quarterfinals of the League Cup in what seems like a long, long time. And isn't it nice to have a little run in the air? Domestic Cup for a change, eh? Um, all change in the side, obviously. Not Nothing more than we expected. Uh, wholesale changes. Squad getting a full run out. Uh, like Svarigi, uh, Minamino... Um, a few youngsters here got a start there. Young Carvey Blair, young Tyler Morton started. Great experience for them lads. Um, and it was tough in that first half. We we totally dominated the game. Totally dominated that first half. And passing-wise anyway. But Preston were obviously well-organised. Men behind the ball. Give us no space. And obviously it's all new. It's a whole new team we've got in there. So it wasn't as cohesive as you normally see from Liverpool. And yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a classic first half, was it? Let's not kid ourselves. Very, very dull. Uh, I can't even remember if you had a shot in that first half. Totally dominated possession, like you say. It was probably Adrian who'd come out um, smelling the roses, really, in that first half. Made a couple of good saves. One in particular, and Preston really should have scored. Uh, we were a bit sloppy with the ball at times, and in the midfield and playing it round too much at the back, far too casual. Preston nicked it off us, got in behind and uh, should have scored point blank, mate. Adrian's made an absolute world-class save, to be fair. Ball's come out, rebounds it, uh, Nico Williams squaring the face off the line and then the lads square, uh, put it over the bar. So very lucky to come away at half-time, um, nil-nil, even though dominated the possession. Very little was created. So we needed, yeah, needed a bit more second half, needed a bit more from the senior players. And then second half, um, from a personal point of view, really happy to see Nat Phillips get on the pitch uh, after his heroics last season. He's been unlucky, really, to not be involved. He was sensational for Liverpool last season at times. 
yeah, lovely for him to get a few minutes and he he was his usual self, won the ball a few times in the air, yeah. Good to see him back on the pitch, yeah. Um, but the changes probably really came when we made we made the substitution. I think it was a tactical substitution from Klopp. He brought um, the young lad Harvey Blair off, who, to be fair, really did struggle. He was st- struggled to get on the ball, and yeah, it's all good experience as a young young lad, but struggled to get involved in the game. He brought another youngster on, Connor Bradley, put him in at right back, and he moved uh, Nico Williams a bit further forward, and that seemed to make the difference, that's where the creativity came from, that's where the goals came from in the end, and it was about the 60-minute mark, Nico Williams has done some great work down the right, beat his man, cut inside, got a good ball over Minamino, he's, and he's uh, knocked it in. First bit of quality, and we're 1-0 up. Minamino didn't have a, a great game, like I say, quite quiet, but he has got that bit of quality, and it's good that he's in there getting the goals because he, these players are going to be needed throughout the season so it's all good for confidence and then from that point it was pretty much cruise control Preston no real threat really we we passed the ball around again well and we ended up going on getting the second a wonderful wonderful goal from who else but Divock Origi it's quite hard to explain really that um, Timmy Cass put a cross in at the post uh, at the bar sorry yeah, good work from um, Nico Williams again, keeping the ball alive. And Arigi somehow flicked the ball from like a standing position over his head, looped over the keeper. Only Divock Arigi, what a player, what a man. Oh, always there for the occasion. Absolute cult hero at the club for obvious reasons, for some of the crazy goals he scored in the big games. And another interesting one to add to the collection there. And, uh, yeah, as I say, good for him as well to keep the confidence up because he's going to be needed in the next few months. So, yeah, all in all, it's a it's a really positive evening. It wasn't a classic, not too much to shout about, but it was job done. Um, Nico Williams, obviously, for me, man of the match. I thought second half particularly, he was a real bright spark. And good to see he's an option there going a bit further forward if needed. So, yeah, that was really good. Um like I say, all positive. Avigi, Minamino getting goals. All the second string have got a run out. The young lads have got a game. And it's just nice to have, um, like I say, a run in this domestic cup competition. Quarter final looming now. Let's get a big team at Anfield now. I think there's a lot of Prem teams left in there. So let's just have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, it's not the Prem. It's not the, the Champions League. It's not the be all and end all. But let's just have a bit of fun with it. Let's enjoy it. Let's have a big uh, big night at Anfield for the next round, big tie, everyone involved and let's just keep the positivity going with the club. We're on a great run of form in all competitions. Can't wait. Premier League go again on Saturday, Champions League next week. The games come thick and fast, wouldn't have it any other way. It's all good. Come on, Liverpool. Very good for Liverpool to go through in the Carabao Cup in, in which, well, let's be honest, it wasn't a great performance from Liverpool, it wasn't a great game in general, but I, I always feel it's hard to judge a collective team performance in these kind of cup fixtures, such as the amount of changes in the side, the disjointedness you, you, you're going to get, and obviously a team who probably even, haven't even played with each other in training, never mind on, a, on a, an 11 side game against live opposition. And as it proved, I thought Liverpool put in a, a distinctly average performance, but in terms of 
the side in the game. I think the, the quality in both boxes was apparent in the way that Preston were able to finish and Liverpool producing two outstanding finishes, uh, improvised finishes as good, as good as you'll see really from Minamino and especially Origi to contort the bodies to, to finish in the manner that they did. And I suppose that's what separates teams who are playing at the absolute elite level and players they have in their squad compared to the likes of Preston. So, But I think what's more important in these games really is about the the individuals and the individual performances within the eleven, and players standing out and making a claim to, to be a viable option in Liverpool's first team to try and navigate the season. And... I think that I mentioned in the, in the last Carabao Cup side, the Curtis Jones looked for me that by far the best player on the field, the play, just the authority, the, the, the class he had in possession. And you could see it stand out in that particular round of fixtures. And I feel, again, you know, when, every time he gets the ball, in terms of his ability to, to turn out a pressure, maintain the ball, and potentially look like he can creating that final third is superior to that of the other players, albeit he has one of his quieter nights today. But I think the big talking point obviously has been about Liverpool's squad. Have they got a good enough squad to, to navigate the season? And a large general consensus when I speak to people or when I, I hear or read certain things is, well, Liverpool haven't got a strong enough squad because what if Salah gets injured? What if Manny gets injured? These kind of things people throw up. But I think what people are forgetting is that Liverpool's squad is actually arguably stronger than when they won the, the Champions League and the Premier League. I mean, to be fair, I don't. I think you might question that it's not even arguable, really. And the idea that some of these players who are so durable and play every game, every week, it would suddenly be a, a worry or an issue of losing them in this particular season as opposed to other seasons, I think just totally mistakes the point that that could have been the case in any of the previous seasons. Liverpool have, have had virtually the same kinds of backup or very similar backup for them forward players in each of the seasons in which they were successful and obviously gained the biggest prizes in, in English and European football. I mean, you look at the forward line and I think that's probably the most discussed, isn't it? So, And I know the African Cup of Nations is going to be a factor. However, it's only going to be a factor for a few, few fixtures, really. So you're probably talking three to four fixtures. Now, I know... But that isn't ideal. There's been no time that really Salah and Manny have been off the field of play or unavailable consecutively or together for a period of time during the stays at Liverpool. And there's no doubt that it will render Liverpool a lesser side because you're obviously talking about world-class players in them areas. But the idea that Liverpool would bring someone in just to play for three to four games and that player would be happy to accept that position, take up that role... And Liverpool would invest such massive salaries that it would take to to acquire a player who could play at that same level. Never mind having coming in in a, in a January period where he wouldn't have been um, having the the collaboration with the team. Obviously, coming in late or if he decided in the summer not playing at all, I just think it's it's nonsensical, really. I mean, Liverpool have obviously got Jota as that fourth attacking option within their squad and it makes perfect sense you're acquiring a player who is still an up-and-coming excellent young player within European football has all the characteristics to play across the front line for Liverpool but is also probably in the stage of his career where he accepts coming in and out of the team obviously he'd be a highly ambitious player but he'd probably look at the front three and is willing to, to learn off them 
make sure that he gets the required amount of game minutes with a view to them being a starter for Liverpool in the foreseeable future and a nailed on starter and obviously replacing one of them players who had already incumbents in the position. And so he's a perfect fit, really, to be that fourth choice player. And I, I, I think I mentioned this before, but a lot of fans would say, well, you know, other other teams have lots more options in that forward line. And, you know, we don't believe that Zivok Origi is a good enough fifth choice. And what I would say to that is, there's a big difference for me about players who can play in both areas of the pitch, either midfield or attack, and players who can just play on the forward line or the highest line of the pitch. So if you imagine that Origi is your fifth choice striker, okay. So Liverpool there have got five players with Origi being your fifth that can only operate on the highest line of the pitch. So they can't drop into midfield. They're not players who can play a hybrid role or adopt a deeper a deeper position. Now, let's have a look at how many players Manchester City have got who can only operate on the highest line of the pitch. So straight away, you've got Gabriel Jesus, You've got Raheem Sterling, you've got Riyad Mahrez and Ferran Torres. So they've actually only got four options who can operate on the highest line. Chelsea, if you look at the other biggest contenders in that area, and you look at, right, who can only operate on the highest line? So you probably say um, Timo Werner, Romelu Lukaku, Kristen Pulisic and Hakim Ziyech. Now, now, both of these teams, Manchester City and Chelsea, have got other players, however, and they've got other players who can adopt both roles if needed by the manager or for the particular opposition. And I'll just throw a few names out when you think of like sort of Phil Foden, Bernardo Silva, Jack Grealish, um, Kai Havertz, who can flip between the two, Mason Mount. These are just off the top of my head for them two elite teams who Liverpool are competing against. And that's the big difference, really. Liverpool are just lacking them kind of players who can operate in both positions rather than lacking depth actually in the highest line. And I think there's a big difference between that. And it's something you could argue that Liverpool potentially lack, and it probably may be what cost them in terms of Manchester City being able to not weaken their team and have so many attacking options on both lines of the pitch. And maybe sometimes when Liverpool haven't got that same option. But then you look at it and you think to yourself, well, actually, this season, Liverpool, well, last season, really, with the emergence of Curtis Jones, he could be a viable option who could play off the left-hand side of attack, but also in the midfield section. And obviously, they also have Harvey Elliott, who's operating in both roles, and has probably become a straight replacement for Shaqiri, and actually more adaptable in the fact that Klopp never really wanted Shaqiri in a, in a midfield area, didn't trust the players' discipline in there. Whereas Harvey Elliott, he actually sees playing in that role. So Liverpool are making, have made squad moves to try and change or rectify that situation and gain more options in the highest area and mid-area of the pitch. And I think that's just the interesting thing for me when people talk about Liverpool in terms of lacking depth. If you actually look at it in terms of breaking them off into units of the field of play, I don't think you could actually say that. And obviously, if you look a little bit further back, then Liverpool have obviously, since having the success of the Champions League and the Premier League, have actually added Thiago, who is far and away, in terms of technical ability and the ability to progress the ball and his unique skill set, you, could, you couldn't have any other judgment than to say that Liverpool have made an, an upgrade in that area and one that will obviously save, save the team and, and make them potentially stronger, albeit he has to get on the field to play a little bit more. 
well, a lot more. And it could be the difference actually getting him fit and playing on a regular basis to, to decide the outcome of the season for me. So, yeah, just some interesting things to come out of it in terms of Liverpool's squad selection and how certain players may impact the final stages of the season in terms of making big impacts and with, with their selection when others are not available. Mark Baker with the final say here on this edition of Postgame. Final eight then in the Carabao as the bid for a ninth League Cup success goes on. The Reds' unbeaten run to start the season continues, really beginning to take flight ahead of the Seagulls' trip to Anfield. You've been listening to the Postgame podcast on the Blood Red channel.